drink all my vodka. Jay, I hope that was loud enough for you. I don't know if this will get kept in the episode, but welcome, Horror Hounds. We are back with you at TBGB's, brought to you by Eternally Board Productions, and I am still your host, Sam Carlson. This is the horror podcast by fans, for fans, and about fans. And uh, yeah, I've been having a little bit of vodka and Sprite on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. But with me today is Tall Chris again, because we just went to see It Chapter 2 last night. And it was pretty fucking fun. Directed by Andy uh, Machete, again, from uh, It 2017. I mean, overall, I I enjoyed it. What do you think, like, as, like, you know... A quick overarching review. Uh, overarching review, I liked it. Uh, my only previous experiences with it before were the miniseries. I never read the books or anything like that. Or uh, anything really was that too deep in the lore. Um, but uh, I did enjoy it. It felt a little long at some times here and there. But overall, not really. <clears throat> See, that's, uh, that's interesting that you thought it felt long because I thought the pacing was weird to begin with, but it kind of smoothed it. Uh, smoothed out uh, a little bit later on once they kind of had the idea of what they were doing a lot of it did feel like scenes that were just sort of here's a scene and here's a scene and here's another scene and there's another scene and, and I, almost stitched together like that exactly and i think that's probably why it felt long it's like oh here's another scene oh here's another scene oh here's another scene like how many fucking scenes are gonna do like this yeah so basically what we're doing in this one is 27 years later the it creature is not dead and Mike Hanlon is the only one remaining in Derry, so he has to call all the others back to Derry to come fight this giant, this stupid fucking clown. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say giant because <laughs> he doesn't get giant until the very end. That's, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, what was, do you remember the first scene? Because I remember all of the scares. I just don't remember exact, like, scenes that we opened with. So the scene we opened with in the movie was um, they're at, the little state fair thing that's going on in Derry. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's the uh, gay couple. They're kind of like being all playful next to each other. Like, oh, hey, how's it going? And I love you, blah, 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 blah. Uh, being all playful. Uh, and then um, these rando teenagers start uh, abusing them uh, verbally. And then later on, they follow them out, <laughs> start abusing them physically and beat them up. Uh, <clears throat> and then they uh, beat up the... Um, they beat up uh, Adrian. Adrian. Adrian is the right. one that uh, they throw in the river. Yes. And Adrian is uh, the one that uh, he's uh, he's the half of the couple who does not care what these homophobes think. So he's yeah, because he's not from this town. Off. He's like fuck this town. Yeah. And this is this is a uh, <clears throat> faithful to the book. This is how the book opens, is with the death of Adrian, and then uh, his uh, his boyfriend Don is there and sees him get thrown in the river, and then Pennywise stretches his hand out to Adrian, pulls him up onto the shore, and bites his armpit. And I guess eats his heart that way. Who knows? And we see all these hundreds of red balloons fill the underside of the... It's called the Kissing Bridge. uh, Of the Kissing Bridge. And from there, it's sort of... That seems to be the point where all the murders start ramping up again. And then Mike starts calling people. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, Mike's kind of like, oh, it's starting up again. Because, you know, the, the, the murder started ramping up of dismemberment and things like that. And he's like, oh, it's time. And so he starts calling everybody's up. I'm surprised that he still has the same number. Unless he's been stalking them. A little bit. Because, you know, a lot of these people have grown up to be kind of famous. I mean, all, all of them became rich and successful. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Bill is still a writer, and I don't remember if Beverly is still a fashion designer because it was glossed over so quickly I couldn't really get she a handle is, on uh, it. She is. She talked about her fashion design line with her and her husband. Yeah, yeah. This movie. Yeah, Tom does not feature prominently in this except for the part where he slaps her or abuses her and whatnot. Yes. Very much like the miniseries, but uh, not faithful to the book in the fact that, you know, Tom in the book does follow Beverly to Maine and kidnaps Audra, who followed Bill to Maine. Uh, that part, you know, Tom and Audra are just dropped characters, which I understand because we're, you know, we've we've got a lot of, you know, we've got a lot of plot to cover in a movie. So I can't especially be upset with it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a lot of these scenes just reminded me of the miniseries. So it seems like that was kind of the blueprint they were going with, you know, for nostalgia's sake. Uh, but... Uh, this will have to be like a separate podcast as far as comparing the book to these new movies since it is supposed to be more faithful. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they get everybody back, obviously, because we wouldn't have a movie otherwise. Uh, Eddie is a risk analyst, which, uh, not yeah, not the same. In the book and also the miniseries, he had a successful uh, limousine service. Uh, Stan doesn't show up because he was busy like 13 reasons why himself in the bathtub. And uh, let's see, who else is there? Richie's still a, a successful stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben is still a successful architect. And I have some issues with Ben, the guy that plays Ben in this. Well, before we get to that, can I just go over like individual stuff? Like one, I felt like Eddie's uh, risk analysis job was fit, more fitting for his character than limousine owner. Because uh, it's more just kind of like he's always worried about stuff. So like, oh, if I worry about stuff, I can make that a career out of that. Uh, then also for Richie, um, the club he was at or the venue he was at, very much felt like those old, like late 2000s uh, Comedy Central Presents theater. Yeah, and I, I thought it like was... Uh, exactly like it. Yeah, and it was funny because he was wearing blue also, which... Uh, I remember Harry Anderson wearing uh, blue a bit in the mm-hmm. miniseries, too. It's a nice, you know, nice callback. Not a huge one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Richie in this movie does a lot of throwing up when he's nervous or scared. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty great. And uh, let's see, who are we missing? So, we got we, so then you Richie, went to... Bev, Ben, you, you Bill, to ben, Mike... Bill, Mike... Stan... Stan... Eddie. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Ben, though, is still our architect, which... Ah, it's fine. But in this movie, he's played by a fucking supermodel. Looks like David Charvet in the 90s. If anybody remembers, gets that reference, then you're just as old as I am. David Charpe? Charvet. Charvet, yes. But this dude is cut as hell. He has a six-pack. He's apparently a billionaire. He's got a boat. He's he's making all the money. Yeah, but also he was... So they have... Like, they introduced Ben by having this boardroom meeting and he's so rich and powerful, this company, he can make the meeting from his own damn house. Yep. He doesn't have to show up. Why would you do that? And it's one of those fucking, like, super fancy glass houses, too. Oh. Hopefully nobody's throwing rocks. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, it's like... This the problem that I have with Ben is that he doesn't he doesn't look anything like his child self and I'm not expecting them all to do that. But when I look back at the miniseries and I saw John Ritter as the grown-up Ben, it made sense because, you know, John Ritter looks like, "Oh, yeah, he used to be chubby when he was younger, but you can still see, you know, where he could have been a chubby kid, yeah. you know? It made sense. He was still, you know, 
what was this? Yeah, it was 90s John Ritter. He's still in good shape. But this dude, it's like you yeah, went current from... Current day John Ritter's not so much good shape. You went from Cartman to fucking David Beckham. And I'm just, no. Also, I have questions because, you know, we got to see, uh, like, uh, new Ben's abs, like adult Ben's abs in this movie. And I don't think I saw nipples, but I was like, are his nipples still inverted? <laughs> I, that's an unanswered question. That's why I'm going to have to see this movie at least a second time. It just, I just need to nipples. see if there are inverted nipples. That's, you know, that's my question right there. So I was like... <sighs> also, like, yes. the way they treated Bill in this movie, like, as the adult Bill, I really felt like it was a self-insert Stephen King. Well, of course. That was... That's what Stephen King does in a majority of his novels because, you know, it's like, write what you know. So he's just... I'm just gonna ins- I'm just gonna marry Sue myself into the main character most of the time. Exactly. Like, oh, Bill. Like, yeah, everybody complains about his endings being horrible, and he's famous. And yeah. Like, like everybody likes his movies, but they don't like the ends to his books, which is a very, I guess, a Stephen King criticism. I actually like the end to uh, to it in the book better than the ending in this movie. <laughs> so that's fine. I thought James McAvoy did a good job, though. He's very convincing as a Bill Denbro. Yeah. You know. So, I guess that's kind of basically what we're doing. And then Mike talks about this thing called the Ritual of Chud. It's it's chewed. I'm going to call it the Ritual of Chud. And you guys are going to sit there and you're going to take it. Because it's spelled C-H-U-D. Yes, I know there's an umlaut on the U. Guess what? I don't care. I want it to be the Ritual of Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Yeah, I was about to make that reference there just now. I was like, oh yeah, that movie from the 80s didn't have an umlaut. No. No, we just, it was just a, an acronym. Yes. So Mike's telling them about the ritual of Chewed, which he stole this drum from these native peoples that live outside Derry. Well, it's not a drum. It's more like this, like... A, it looks like kind of... It's a container. A container. It's a, it's a leather uh, thing they use. Like a little leather container thing. Yeah. And the ritual of Chewed was attempted once before. And it didn't work, but they don't find that out until later because Mike scratched out the part on the drum where it didn't work. <laughs> like, can't show this, can't show this, no, no, no. Nope, 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 nope. Just gonna rewrite all of this. So he makes them all go on these like weird scavenger hunts for we're skipping ahead, tokens. Though. So we're skipping I'm just ahead. condensing it. I'm not skipping ahead. Okay, fine. We're we can, it. Yeah. We'll, we'll skip over the uh, Chinese theater. Chinese no, no, we'll go back. We'll go back because okay. I want to get I want to get into that part with the scares too. Okay, okay. Uh, but basically, they all have to find different tokens uh, from their lives in Derry previously, and they're going to have to put them in this fucking container. And then that's what we're doing. Until you know, we're, but we're, yes, we're stealing from- we'll go back to the scares, which we can, I guess, sort of kick off with with the fortune cookie scene. But I was going to say, the, with the token thing, we're stealing from fucking uh, the Slimman movie. We're not stealing from it. Nobody steals from the Slenderman movie. <laughs> I guess everybody has to see it to uh, actually steal it. Nobody see the Slenderman movie. Don't do this. Don't do that to yourself. So, anyway, fortune cookie scene, fortune you were saying. So, yeah, fortune cookie scene. Uh, it's kind of where everybody first gets back. Um, and also, to preface all this, nobody has any memories at all of living in Derry. Like, their memories left them when they left the, the uh, town. Yeah. So when they first get back, they're like, oh, oh yeah, that person. Oh yeah, this guy. Oh yeah, they're kind of shooting the breeze, getting caught up with stuff. They're eating at the local Chinese uh, <clears throat> buffet. Jade of the Orient. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so they're, they're shooting the breeze, drinking. And I'm like, oh, kind of remembering stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh like, I kind of like, like the fear cards building up in them. Uh, and then they open the uh, fortune cookies. Like, it has one word on it. Like, couldn't? Like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, so we've got to rearrange all of our fortunes to spell out something, which is guess Stanley couldn't cut it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and then we get more fortune cookies that start busting out with weird shit, much like the miniseries. There's like an eyeball, there's a little embryo bird, there's this weird fucking monster that's got the head of a, like, it's it's small, it looks like a, like a, it looks like a scorpion with the face of a baby on it. Yeah, it's very kind of like Dove May Cry kind of creature. It's like, what is this? It's 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 cool. It's a it's a fun scare. They mm-hmm. did some interesting stuff with they it. Did. And Mike loses his shit and he just starts pounding, like beating these fortune cookies to death with the chair. And it's like the gal that comes in who's waiting on them in this restaurant is not even phased by it. But she thinks they're kind of weird. But nothing more than like what she's seen on a normal Friday night in this damn town. Dude, I know. I'm like, <sighs> but as far as them forgetting things, that is part of the book thing. Uh, when they do leave town, uh, it, they start to forget things because that's also part of Pennywise's power. And even when they defeat Pennywise at the end, they still start to forget things. So that's still all tied in correctly to the book. <laughs> But, yeah, then they have to go and find tokens, and yeah. then we get more different scares. Yeah, because everybody kind of splits up. Let, let's split up, gang. Uh, and Richie's like, uh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. So Bev goes back to, like, her old apartment that she lived in with her dad, but now there's a woman named Mrs. Kirsch living there. And as expected, that's Pennywise still. And he turns into this weird witch creature, played by Javier Botet. Javier Botet gets to play both the witch and the hobo in this Mm -hmm. which i was surprised to see his name show up so quickly in the credits when i was watching it but i was like yeah Yeah, javier botet getting fucking paid yeah he was early in this uh, credits yeah any weird gangly guys that Mm -hmm. you need yeah javier botet is your man so initially i thought the woman though before she turned into the witch mrs kirsch i thought that was lynn shea because she was doing a very good lynn shea impression oh yeah she was great at like eating up the scenes and being just kind of creepy enough like something's off kind of stuff and it's all kind of like really building up but i really enjoyed like when uh ben was kind of distracted or anybody's distracted this whole fucking movie when something goes on in the background everybody kind of walks around like this fucking scooby-doo villains like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a little freddy krueger but uh i i think it worked quite well and yeah, she turns into a witch and it's creepy as hell. And Bev escapes. And um, then Richie ends up going over to the arcade. Yes, the arcade. Where he gets an actual token for his token. Yes. Because the token machines still work. And I know you had a complaint about this. Yes, I did. Because in 1989, he's playing Street Fighter 1. Uh, in Street Fighter 1, it was showing him. Uh, playing with another person who apparently was um, what's the bully's the name? The cousin of uh, Henry Bowers, yeah, I think. Yeah, cousin of Henry Bowers. Uh, but like in the screen, it's it says player and enemy. Uh, in the Street Fighter One, it had to be Ryu versus Ken for for versus. You couldn't choose characters. It was Ryu versus Ken. Uh, and then also next to them was fucking Mortal Kombat 2 not Mortal Kombat 1 even Mortal Kombat 2, which came out like fucking seven years after that movie, <clears throat> after eighty nine. 
Yeah, and I was willing to kind of give this movie some leeway with that because I was thinking, well, the arcade probably wasn't closed down, but again, that is also a big time jump. And I think when they're finding the tokens in in the storyline of this movie, it's supposed to be during that time after they've had that fight before Bev gets kidnapped by Pennywise. Yes. So these are supposed to be things that they're encountering on their own. So yes, anachronistic, that is true. Mm-hmm. And then... Henry shows up, starts calling Richie the F-word. Yep. And then we kind of move on. Because Richie's just like, fuck this, I'm out of here, and runs out of the arcade. Yeah. Uh, Mike didn't find a token. No, Mike Mike already had his token. I guess that was the yeah. container. Also, just, just to let you know, if, when he goes to this movie, if you like Mike, you're in for disappointment. <laughs> Mike is barely in this movie. He's more just kind of like, hey guys, it's time for the big scene. Here I am again. Yeah, and that's that's again that is that was that was my complaint with the first one. It's kind of my complaint with this one because Mike's the narrator of the book, mm-hmm. and you know he's the narrator of the miniseries. He doesn't, you know the this movie is the, this movie and the previous movie they don't give they don't give him enough time. They don't give him an arc. Nope. They don't let him do shit. And I was like, why? He's probably the most interesting character he's the historian he knows literally everything about dairy he's been documenting everything and at this point because he lives above the library in this i don't even think he works at the library i think he's just like squatting there (laughs) probably i i don't know so Obviously stands out of the picture. You know, Stan's dead. Yeah. No token for him. No token for him. And then Ben... Well, they find Stan's token later on. Making They, they kind of assume Stan's token's the uh, shower cap. But no, like, uh, token for uh, Richie. Um, what was it for? Uh, uh, Richie's token or Ben's token? No, Richie's token was a token. Yeah. Ben's token. Ben's token was the piece of his yearbook that That's only right. one person signed, and that was Bev. Because he kept yeah. it forever. And Bev's token was her poem that Ben wrote, yes, which she postcard. didn't know. Yeah. yeah, she always assumed it was Bill. Of course. And then Eddie's token was his inhaler. Yes. Yeah. Why? I don't know, but I think it's because he used it to feed it. I don't remember him doing that. Did he? D- oh wait, maybe he did do that in the first one. I don't know if he did that in the first. One. I know he did the miniseries. Well, yeah. But I don't remember the movie. Anyway. I don't know, but I remember there was that that part where. Uh, they all have to burn their tokens in this container that Mike stole from these poor native peoples. And Eddie throws his inhaler in there, and all I'm thinking is, that should explode. Yeah, exactly. That was my first thought, I too. don't know a lot about inhalers, but it's like, isn't there some sort of compressed oxygen in there that would make that explode? What's this compressed uh, air in general that okay. cause it explode? Yeah. Hey, whatever. It's a movie, guys. Yeah. Uh, so they get all the tokens together, and they try to perform this ritual of chewed. And uh, then... Wait, what was Bill's... To- oh, Bill's token was Bill's- the fucking... Was the fucking boat. The boat. That Pennywise gave him. Yeah. So it's like... I don't know if Pennywise was thinking, I know you guys are going to try to perform this ritual of Chewed. It didn't work the first time and it's not going to work this time. Have a boat. Here exactly. you go. Have a boat. Here you go. Yeah, man. Yep. And they had to burn all of these in that uh, container. And... The thing that Mike scratched out on that container was the fact that it that that container was like full of tentacles that killed all the native peoples when they tried to do the ritual of chewed the first time. Yes. And yeah, apparently that didn't work either. And then uh, at this at the end of this movie, 
Pennywise pops out, and it's just still like a giant spider crab, but it's a clown. So it's yeah, a clown. Yeah, half clown, with, half spider crab, yeah. Yeah, so it's a clown with extremely long, like, with eight legs, mm-hmm. which is kind of terrifying. It was interesting. Yeah, it was. I don't really have a complaint about it. It was just kind of like, you just could have made it a real spider. <laughs> that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. So, before we get to, like, the very, very ending, because this is only going to be a quick review anyhow. Yeah. uh, I do want to touch on some of the good scares in the movie. So, the witch, uh, Mrs. Kirsch, that was a good scare. Then we also had the... There was a part where uh, we got to see little kid Stan. His head fell out of this fridge. And then, like John Carpenter's The Thing, it sprouts crab legs and starts skittering around. Oh, it was like roach legs. It was kind of like bug-like legs kind of stuff. It very much was like The Thing. It was yeah. Awesome. It was really good. Yeah, it was even. It was kind of weird because even when the legs were sprouting, you could kind of see the light behind it. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that's good. I mean, I know where it's coming from, but I appreciate seeing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also really did enjoy the Paul Bunyan things. Maybe think of Carnival, the old arcade Oh, game. holy shit. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that. So uh, we do get uh, Richie's uh, Richie revisiting the Paul Bunyan statue and but it coming to life. But before that starts, though, that goes into the one complaint I had of this movie. No, no, don't do it yet. Okay, fine. We'll wait till the end because okay. I have that complaint, too. Okay. So... Yeah, this Paul Bunyan statue comes to life, and it's so funny, because this Paul Bunyan statue, it looks like my boss at work, because whenever we have dress down days, he's always wearing plaid, this Paul Bunyan statue is wearing plaid, and it's just going, Your boss has a fucking logging hook, you know, to uh, keep you all in bay, he's like, hey, more tasks, more tasks. Dude, I swear, dude, if my boss ever got mad at, at us for some reason, that would be the face that he would make. I was like... Whoa! Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was quite enjoyable. It was nice. Yeah, like the scares very much felt like they were CG, but they were done well enough that felt like they're almost practical looking, almost. Yeah, and then Bill like Skarsgård as Pennywise. Oh yeah, a lot. fucking. He wasn't in the movie as much, uh, but he did he did enough a good enough job whenever he was in the scene. Because uh, in this movie, uh, I, we talked about it. I felt like in the first movie he had to fucking carry the movie as the heavy. Uh, whereas in this movie, it was all Richie and Eddie. Like whoever the actor was, which is was funny for because Eddie. it's like James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain would technically be your heavies. But no, like fucking um, Bill Hader and whoever the guy was who played uh, Eddie, the guy that played Eddie, uh, James Ransone. You know, whatever his name is, like they did fucking great. Like they were like hamming it up. Yeah, they're both playing two the like the the two class clown characters of the of the cast. Yeah. But yeah, there there is a great scene at the end with Bill Hader, and this is the point where. Pennywise is turned into the clown spider and is gigantic. And then uh, Richie just gets pissed off or something. And he goes, blah, 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 you sloppy bitch. And then as soon as you hear sloppy bitch, like Pennywise hits him with the deadlights and Bill Hader just goes, oh, it was so good. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Bill Hader is basically like the Kate McKinnon of Ghostbusters for this movie. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree. Agree with me. <laughs> but uh, yes, I do. A- I do absolutely love the guy that they picked for to play adult Eddie James Ransom, or Ransom, uh, one of those. He looks exactly like Kid Eddie. He has all he the does. same mannerisms. He's perfect. 
thick. If he doesn't get cast in more things, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. What if the show's with Eddie in? What? I'm making a joke because he's cast as well as, as Eddie. He don't want to play Eddie. He gets typecast as Eddie. I, I'd figure. But it's very refreshing. And I think Isaiah Mustafa did a great job as Mike. I just don't think Mike was written well for this, this movie. No, there was. There's barely any Mike at all. But he kind of reminded me of, I want to say it's Tim Reed from the miniseries who played Mike. It's been a long time, so I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But he did remind me a lot of a lot of the old miniseries, Mike. There are a lot of things coming through, but again, Mike doesn't get enough time. No. He doesn't get enough attention. Stands a footnote. Nobody cares. It's fine. Uh, let's see. Any other good scares that you can think of? Um, let's see. Bev scare. The Bill scare was stupid. Um... I liked the Richie scare. Um, the Eddie scare was a harken back to the first scare, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. When he actually, uh, he had to uh, go down into the basement of, of, the, of the, pharmacy. the pharmacy. Yeah. And he encounters the hobo there, mm-hmm. which we got to see from the first hit. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, again, played by Javier Botet, and that was gross. And he's choking the throat of this hobo because he's pretty much at the point where he's fed up and he's just like ah i'm mad as hell i'm not gonna take it anymore yeah exactly and so the hobo's starting to kind of like die and then it spits all this black gunk on on eddie and it's like it's it's pretty much the same black gunk that you saw miko hughes throw up in west craven's new nightmare it's that same sort of like ew i don't even know what that is but it looks disgusting and then it cuts to deadpool oh god yes Oh, please. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, we had a Deadpool moment in this because while Eddie's getting thrown up on, what starts playing? I don't know the name. Angel in the Morning. Just call me Angel in the Morning. That's And I'm like, am I in Deadpool now? What the fuck's going on? Baby. Yeah. I really didn't need that. It was just like this tense scene. And suddenly, as soon as the the, the tar vomit starts hitting Eddie, just boom, cut. Angel in the Morning. Yeah. So, great. Great, great, great. Mm-hmm. But that is going to kind of lead us into the end of this movie, uh, is the whole scene with Eddie and the hobo. Yes. So, the ritual of Chew does not work. Of course not. And they're like, we have to find... Oh, And, and also, at this point, uh, the Pennywise fighter has impaled Eddie, which nobody's surprised that Eddie dies. Eddie dies in every iteration. Nobody get mad at me. Oh my god, you killed Eddie. You bastard. <sighs> Wow, how old is that reference? Uh, At least 20 years old. Close. Yeah. Over. Yeah, but they're like, we have to find a way to, you know, make him smaller. And they decide that at first they're going to lead him through the tunnels of the sewers, whatever the fuck, whatever below the sewers, the caves. Sure. But then they decide to swerve on that. And then they're like, there's another way to... There's what, There's a different way to make people feel small, too. And they start bullying Pennywise to death. It's like, oh, you stupid clown. Blah, blah, blah. And Pennywise is like, what do I do? No, stop, leave me alone. And he gets getting smaller and smaller. It's like... This is, this is actually what happens, guys. What? I hope you weren't expecting a lot. They bully Pennywise until he turns smaller and smaller and smaller. And then when he's just a little baby Pennywise, they rip out his heart. And squish it. And squish it. But then the lights don't go out. Like the deadlights are above them the entire time. Like controlling Pennywise. The deadlights turn- The deadlights don't control Pennywise. The deadlights are Pennywise. Well, what I'm saying. Just like what that. you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like- her, her, it's 
her physical form. Yeah, her physical uh, form. Yeah. Technically, technically, Pennywise is female. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, deadlights don't go out. That is change colors to green. To green. That's like fucking Tommy knockers over here. Dude, I know exactly. It's like, is this how we got the Tommy knockers? Is this? Is it Dreamcatcher and Tommy knockers? Is this all a connected there universe? There is a theory about that being yes. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah. <coughs> but it's like... <sighs> Speaking of cocaine, we never touched base on uh, our cameo. Stephen King has a cameo in most movies. It's fine. But uh, I'm saying... Hey, like, guys, Stephen King has a cameo in this movie. Are you surprised? No? Cool. Let's move on. Oh, I was going to make fun of his accent. What accent? The main he had accent? The, he had the very main accent. Like, I, I kept picturing uh, the dad, the, that old man from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> it's not as good as... as uh, uh, Fred Gwynn's. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. No. I really wanted him to say maybe dead is better. Yeah. But yeah. Can't do a main accent. Maybe Sorry. Live in Texas. So that's how we kill Pennywise. It's a little Nightmare on Elm Street except stupider. I'm not going to lie. We, we found a way. Yeah. We just decided instead of taking our power away from Pennywise, we're just going to bully him until he shrinks into nothing and then rip out his heart. So... Like, why are no lefties complaining about this? Don't you guys hate bullying? Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, the thing that kind of ruined this for me is like, I go on Twitter last night, and one of the things that we're complaining about for this movie is fat shaming. Because Pennywise calls Ben fatso or fat at some kiss point. Kiss me, fat boy. Yeah, we do get a kiss me, fat boy. Not as good as the original. Oh, of course not. No, we get that. But it's like, he said all those sit-ups and you're still going to die alone. And I laughed so fucking hard. I was like, that's so good. Because it's true. Because, yes, yeah, you can do sit-ups all day. You could still probably die alone. But we're fat-shaming this movie. Really? This is why we can't have nice things in 2019. It's because of people like you that, that, that have that criticism. It's a horror movie. Please, just get over yourselves. Exactly. Like, he's supposed to be a villain. It's supposed to be hitting at these people's at the he's roots. mutilating children exactly oh the child murderer called him fat now nah, i really don't like the child murderer anymore the fuck guys <laughs> uh. i mean we really hit up on bev and the sexual assault stuff that was really like oh jesus like it gets worse in this movie than the last one even in the book that's not substantiated yeah no and her mother is still around in the book oh she's dead in this one yeah whatever <sighs> And I still don't know. I guess I guess Bev did not kill her father when she like hit him over the head with the toilet tank. No, I guess she one. did. He's got a hard skull. Yeah. Anyway, so like, yeah, we bully Pennywise to death, and Eddie's dead, but we can't drag him out because he's heavy. Yes. And we just basically leave him there. All five foot nine of him is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they get out of the house on Neibolt Street since that's where they entered, and the house collapses. And everybody goes off. The and house we have happy called a endings. house, the movie house, where it collapsed on itself. Sure. But also, I'm kind of confused by like that house had a neighbors. Like the neighbor's house is kind of like just kind of like this random ass house. It's kind of like, how were they feeling? Like the fucking, like the fucking terrible lot next to them suddenly just disappeared. Like what the fuck? They probably got a really good deal on it. I'm sure. Yeah. They've probably been living there for a long time and they always see fucking crazy shit happen. Yeah. But they just don't say anything. Because that's also part of Pennywise's power. It's, you know, people just ignore the things that they don't want to see. Mm -hmm. So they're probably fine with the fact that they got a great deal on that house, even if kids just disappear in it mm -hmm. on a frequent basis. A lot. 
Oh, and then it collapsed. Fine. Yeah. The town is still intact, which I call bullshit on. Because in the end of the book, once you take away Pennywise, you're kind of taking away a pillar of dairy, unfortunately, because that evil that was running, that is Pennywise, was running through dairy itself. We get this huge storm that causes, like, a sinkhole or whatnot to open up. And it's a huge natural disaster. And I didn't get my fucking natural disaster. It doesn't destroy dairy entirely, but it fucks it up right good. You know what we did get instead? What? Richie's gay. Yep, Richie's gay, guys. But I the, like where does that coming from? And that's the thing though. That's what I think. That's what annoyed me the most is Richie is a stand-up comedian in Hollywood in 2016, and he's afraid to admit he's gay. But he's had this unrequited love for Eddie this whole time. So then Eddie dies, and he's like super sad. But he finishes carving his initials, like his and Eddie's initials, into the. You see. Um, uh, the finished uh, carving of the initials into the kissing bridge. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just... Guys! Guys! Why? Like, I don't... You know, that's fine if we wanted to have like some sort of arc on Eddie's sexuality because, I mean, there was a lot to unpack there. Well, yeah, because he, he was clearly married to his mom. Yeah, it's even the same actress. The, sa- the actress that plays his mother also plays his wife. It's weird. But Richie was kind of a neutral character in the book. He was the last one to actually see it, and he denied it existed for such a long time. I'm just... I don't understand where you guys pulled that from, but okay. Mm -hmm. So... Alright. Do what you want. Bill Hader was still great. James Ransom was great. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. It's just like, I just don't know why you shoehorned it in here. Yeah, as I'm saying, it felt very shoehorned in kind of stuff. But otherwise, it was fucking great. Yeah. Their acting was great. I loved every scene they were in. Yeah, I mean, overall, I would give... the way they chose the doors again? That was so good. (laughs) Very scary, not scary, yeah. Not scary at all. Oh, yeah, we got to see a Pomeranian puppy turn into, like, a giant Joe Dante monster. That was was good. good. That was good. That was very much like Twilight Zone, the movie. Mm -hmm. But I would give this movie five out of seven losers. You see, and you say that, but usually it's me who makes the terrible puns. I came up with it. I know. I came up with the last bad rating system for scary stories. Yeah, that's true. What would you give this? Um, I don't know. I didn't think about a, a good rating for this one. Fucking four children out of five. So half of the Losers Club, basically. Exactly. All right. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, I. It's a movie that I would say yes. Go pay full admission for it. Yes. It will be worth your full admission. I would also recommend you go see it again in the Dollar Theater because there are going to be things that you missed. If you're a diehard purist for the book, there's going to be things that piss you off. But overall, it's a fun movie. There's random scares, lots of humor. Cast has pretty good chemistry. Actor for Ben sucks. Can't help it. He's just a pretty face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, any other uh, parting thoughts you want to leave on this review before we wrap it up? Uh, I really enjoyed how they talked about the uh, referencing the uh, giant turtle again for this movie. Thank you. Please cover that. Please. So uh, when uh, Ben is going through the fucking school, uh, that's where his token was. He's all scared of something happening to him at school. Uh, he goes in one classroom. They had like a fake turtle there. There's also a, cl- a globe kind of positioned behind the turtle. It looks like the globe is sitting on top of the turtle. Yeah, that was a nice, that was a very nice callback. I enjoyed it. Like, good job. 
I mean, all in all, I, I don't... Ha- I have complaints with the movie, but I would still watch it again. And I would still own this on DVD because it is amusing. So, uh, if you guys would like to share your comments, please do. I know we're kind of on like a no spoilers thing on Twitter for like a week. I don't know. Did horror? I don't know if horror Twitter decided that as a community. I I think I might have been absent for that. I'm gonna post this anyway. It's gonna be full of spoilers. Uh, but yeah, leave us leave us a comment on Twitter. We're at shebe underscore gbs. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for shebe gbs and we'll be there. Uh, we're also if you want to catch up with any of our previous podcasts, we're on all of your favorite podcatchers. Seriously, like, I googled Chibi-Jeebies the other day, and we're on all the podcatchers. Like, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox, whatever you got. Uh, but until next time, I guess don't talk to any clowns in sewers. Bye.